0: You're listening to The OddsCast, the original UFC betting podcast that's straight to the point. Hosted by leading MMA odds maker, Nick Kalikas, and MMA journalist, Brian Heminger, they provide you the absolute best UFC betting info, picks, statistics, and analysis from the most respected authority in mixed martial arts betting,
1: Oddsbreaker.com.
0: Don't place your wagers without us. Welcome to The OddsCast. I'm Brian Hemminger, joined today by Nick Kalikas of Circus Sports to discuss this Saturday's UFC 255 event, which takes place in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you're unfamiliar with our format, Nick and I will break down the fight card from top to bottom, providing extensive analysis and a pick for each fight after doing our film study for the event. UFC 255 features a 12-fight card in total and will be aired on UFC Fight Pass, ESPN+, ESPN2+. And pay per view this Saturday night. Let's dive right in. Now, kicking things off on the preliminary card is a welterweight contest featuring a pair of UFC newcomers in Luis Koski, who is 7 and 0, and Sasha Polotnikov, who is 5 and 2. Now, Nick,
1: where did this fight open and how has the public shifted things so far? couple quick notes before we get rolling here. The opening betting odds that I will be quoting are from MMAodsbreaker.com, our opening betting odds article for UFC 255 done by Adam Martin. So make sure you head over to MMAodsbreaker.com and check out that opening odds article. And those are market prices that we're quoting in that specific content. Now, the updated betting odds will be from Circa Sports in Las Vegas. Circa Las Vegas, the new hotel and resort. Check it out. It's a must if you're traveling to Vegas. And also UFC Fight Pass. This weekend, tomorrow, Friday, actually, we're taping this late Thursday night, so Friday at 4.30 Eastern Time, we are filming UFC on the line for UFC 255, so make sure you check that out. It will be a betting preview show. If you haven't checked out the UFC on the line series yet, it's a must, so head over to Fight Pass and check us out tomorrow, 4.30 Eastern Time, 1.30 Pacific Time, we will be airing live, so UFC on the line is back, baby, excited about that as always, and getting into this first fight. We're starting things off with Kasi as minus 365 and Polindikoff opened up as plus 275. And right now what we're seeing over at Circus Sports is Kasi at minus 470, the comeback on Polindnikov at plus 375. This should be fireworks to open things up with, for sure. I mean, obviously the betting line has increased a little bit more people coming in Kasi's way. I think those people are very intelligent. Kasi's a beast, man. I mean, he's a heck of a prospect, has a ton of knockout power. I mean, training at a good camp. He has a brother that was supposed to be originally on this card as well. It's kind of an iron sharpens iron type of these guys. I mean, they're getting better. Um, you, you could tell the improvements in their game, like as far as where they came from the beginning of their careers to where they are right now. And the sky's a limit, really. They have a lot of improvements to still make. So this guy has knockout power. I think he matches up extremely well with Polenikov. Polenikov is dangerous. I mean, he does have knockout power in his own right. He looks to wrestle. I just don't think there's any specific area in this fight that he's going to have an edge over Kasi. So I expect Kasi to finish this fight. So the price as it climbs up, I think there's still a little bit of value possibly to throw him in a parlay. If it gets closer to minus 600, you should probably stay away. But in the round 500 range, I think he's still worthy to put in a parlay and, you know, add him with something else that you guys might like. Cause Koski's just a beast. So the pick for me is Koski. It's a no brainer here.
0: Yeah. Koski is really, really dangerous. I mean, him and his brother both are very talented. I think they're going to be big uh people to keep an eye on moving forward in the UFC welterweight division. Um If you, have a chance to watch this kid's highlight reel. I mean, it is impressive. I think uh, out of his seven career wins, six of them have been in like 90 seconds or less. I mean, it's just nuts. Uh, he just destroys people. So it makes it easy to go and do film study on him, but also difficult because you don't learn a lot. Um, but... Uh, what you do learn is that this guy is ferocious and very, very, very dangerous, very powerful, uh, good striker, um, very, very good killer instinct as well. Um, and then he did it as well on his, uh, contender series fight, you know, finishing Victor Reyna in just 72 seconds. So, I mean, this kid can take people out. Um, now Palatnikov, you know, he's no chump. I mean, uh he's gone uh, 5 and 1 in his last 6 fights and the only loss was to a uh, guy that just had an impressive UFC debut uh, of Laziz. So, uh you know this guy is talented. Uh Polatnikov will have uh, a slight reach advantage here, um and as Nick said, he does like to wrestle. So, um he has some paths to victory if he can utilize that range properly, if he can take this fight to the floor, but uh, I think Koski's uh has pretty good wrestling in his own right and he can use that defensively to keep this fight upright and he's going to be really really dangerous in terms of power and technique in the stand up. I think that that will overtake uh Polatnikov's uh reach advantage. So, uh basically Polatnikov needs to be able to survive early and if he can, maybe he can drag this into deeper waters and uh see if he can drown Koski and uh uh maybe the second or third round but i'm just not convinced that he's going to survive here i think uh, koski just rolls over him with uh overwhelming force so i'm going to go with koski i think he wins in the first round now moving up to the middleweight division we have Kyle Doukas who is 9 and 1 taking on Dustin Stoltzfus who is 13 and 1 now nick what's the mma odds maker's
1: perspective on this one Docus open minus 152 the comeback on Stoltzfus plus 126 that line didn't last at all Docus is now minus 290 at Circus Sports the come back on Stoltzfus at plus 245 so needless to say nobody having any faith in Stoltzfus everybody coming in on Docus look Docus was impressive in his debut despite being a loss to Allen obviously Allen had a ton of respect I know he basically suffered a, a pretty brutal and I think surprising defeat in most people's minds to Strickland but put that aside I mean Allen at the time was definitely held in high regard. And uh, that competitive fight that he had um, with Allen, I'm talking about Docus, obviously still, um, was pretty impressive because that was a back and forth type of battle. And Docus showed that he belonged in his UFC debut for sure. So, but he's got his hands full with Stolzfuss in this spot, though. I mean, this is not an easy fight. And I actually think the opening betting odds were a lot more accurate. Than the current odds are at this point here, because I think Dacus being a slight favorite, you can understand. But Stoltzfus is just a stud in a lot of ways. I mean, again, we didn't get to see all we could in the Contender Series debut, but if you look back at some of the footage before the Contender Series fights, this guy has a nasty ground game. Submissions, offensively, are, are very fun to watch. I mean, this guy's slick on the ground. Um, his wrestling's on point as well. He's got power on the feet. But again, Dacus is going to present a lot of problems to him because Dacus is going to be a little bit longer. He probably has the better overall point fighting on the feet, um, but. Back and forth, these guys do get hit. So I think Stoltzfus, even though Dacus might outpoint him on the feet a little bit, we're landing some harder shots. And I think the wrestling edge maybe go to Stoltzfus as well. So I'm expecting these guys to transition back and forth and get top position and, and put themselves in all sorts of interesting positions on the ground. I mean, this is going to be some high-level scrambling and groundwork we're going to see here between these two. But I actually think Stoltzfus can pull off the upset win here, and, and I'm going to actually pick him straight out and this spot to win. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him, and um, I think that people are going to have their eyes open here because this guy – can definitely do some work. I think if, unless he gets caught with something crazy and Dacus has those slick, slick darst chokes. So I think that's would, would be one of my concerns. But outside of that, I think Stoltzfus is actually a little bit more dependable, a little bit more reliable. I think I like him better defensively and I think he get this done. So my pick is Stoltzfus and obviously there's a little bit of value at the current price.
0: Yeah, both of these guys are more dangerous on the ground. Um We've seen Dacus. He's extremely dangerous with chokes. I mean, he can... Uh, latch on a rear naked choke and then obviously the real sneaky thing for him is his darst choke. And if he can, uh, find that opening, I mean, he can latch that on and finish you from a lot of different positions. So, uh, that's something that Stoltzfus is going to have to be really, really careful about because, uh, Stoltzwiss looks to take fight to the floor too. I mean, you saw that uh, on his contender series fight. Um, you know, he's had a really nice little winning streak here and, uh, in his contender series fight, um, he had, uh, beat his opponent by, uh, slamming them and then they injured their arm, uh, during the slam. So, uh, you know, this guy looks to take Vice to the canvas and there's going to be opportunities perhaps for, uh, Daukus because, uh, he's just as dangerous off of his back as he is, uh, from top position, I think. Now, uh, on the feet, I think, uh, uh, Daukis is a little bit better than Stoltzfus and, but Stoltzfus does have a little bit better wrestling. So the path to victory is there for Stoltzfus. If he can take this to the floor, avoid the real bad spots that Daukis potentially could put him in and hold top position. I do not think Stoltzfus can finish Daukis. Um, uh, I also do think that Stoltzfus has a little bit more power than Daukis, but, um, he just does not have very good footwork on the feet um I don't think uh his technique is quite there on the feet, so I can see uh Daukis getting the better of him in the stand up so on the feet, I think daukas has the edge, and I think daukas is the slightly better grappler, maybe not wrestler, but grappler. so I'm gonna go Doukas, but I think this is really competitive, and I think i I totally agree that the value is on Stolzvis with uh how far. The, the betters have gone in Doukas's direction, but Doukas is going to be my pick. Now, dropping down to the welterweight division, we have Alan Jovan, who is sixteen and seven, taking on Jared Gooden, who is seventeen and four. Now, Nick,
1: where did this fight open, and how has the public shifted things so far? Joban minus 145, Gooden plus 125. That was the opening line right now over at Circus Sports. We have minus 150 to come back and Gooden at plus 130. So line staying pretty steady. It's been bouncing back and forth a little bit. I mean, you have an aging veteran like Joban, who is the, simply the better fighter across the board here. I mean, there's no question about it. I know Gooden presents some problems with his wrestling. He does have some power in the feet as well. Um, so you have to respect that. But I think Ban has faced much better competition throughout his career. Joban is the far better striker in this spot. I think he's more versatile. I think he's the more clean And technical striker on the feet as well. I think he's got a better shot at getting the knockout win here as well. But Joban is 38 years old, if I'm not mistaken. His chin has been checked a few times. You can't exactly trust it at this point of his career. And Gooden does present that kind of knockout power that you have to be concerned about a little bit. So Gooden entering his UFC debut here. I mean, he's officially signed. He was going to step in on short notice not too long ago. So you got to respect him and take your hat off for that for sure. Um, Anybody willing to step in and, you know, on short notice in a few days rest and and fight a high-level opponent in the UFC, you have to respect. So that said, I think this is just a bad stylistic matchup for uh, Gooden here. If he can't knock Joe Ban out, he's not going to beat him on the scorecards. And I think Joe Ban probably gets rid of him and gets him out of there. So I think it's a favor to pass situation, and I have to pick Joe Ban here in this spot. So I just don't think Gooden is quite ready for him. But again, I mean, you have to respect. Definitely the power and the problems he could present here to an aging and possibly declining Joe Ban, but Joe Ban has shown some life his last few fights and he hasn't exactly been an awful fighter. So I think he's got enough left in the tank to get this W here. So I'm going to pick Joe Ban.
0: And I'm right with you. Uh, the only thing that really scares me here are two things actually. Uh, A, Joe Ban has not fought in 19 months. So, while he has had uh, some very nice performances in the octagon, you know, long layoff. So that is one big concern. He could be really rusty. Uh, and B, Joe chinny. I mean, uh, we've seen it him fight uh, lesser opponents that are less skilled in terms of overall MMA ability, and he's been knocked out or hurt by them. Uh, you know, Nico Price is a good example. You know, that guy's knocked out a lot of people that had better technique than him. Uh, so Jared Gooden could clip him and finish him. Um so that's the one thing that I'm concerned about is, uh, either Gooden cracking him on the feet, uh, even though Joe Ban is the better technical striker or perhaps, uh, Joe Ban's rusty and comes out a step slow and Gooden is able to get takedowns and keep Joe Ban down. But, uh, for the most part, um, Gooden is a guy that relies on his wrestling and takedowns and Joe Ban has pretty good takedown defense and if he does get taken down he usually gets back to the feet pretty quickly so I don't see Gooden having a lot of success with those takedowns and I think in the stand-up Joe Bannon is going to have a big technical edge on the feet so I see him picking apart Gooden uh, and hopefully avoiding the big bombs that Gooden can throw because he does you know wing some big shots but for the most part, Joe Ban should be getting the better of all stand-up exchanges. And as long as Gooden uh is not able to keep uh Joe Ban on the ground or complete a lot of takedowns, I think Joe Ban walks away with this, perhaps even finishes Gooden along the way. So Joe Ban is my pick. Now, sticking with the welterweight division, we have Nicholas Dalby, who is eighteen three and one. Taking on Daniel Rodriguez, who is 13 and 1. Now Nick, what's the MMA Oddsmaker's perspective on this
1: one? Rodriguez minus 230, Dalby plus 195. That was the opening line. And right now over at Circus Sports, we're seeing Rodriguez minus 305, the comeback on Dalby at plus 255. Not surprised Rodriguez getting the love at the betting window, man. So far, he's delivered on his performances. He's looked great. He's got knockout power. He's got good takedown defense. He's got that durability you like to see as well. He's just a very difficult out. The other side of it, though, I think Dalby's a tough, savvy vet. This is his second stint in the UFC. He's looked great. I don't think he's ever been better, to be honest with you, despite his knockout loss and upset Um, that he just suffered to Ronson, which isn't really that shocking to me. I mean, Ronson, Jesse Ronson, historically throughout his career, if if you follow him even outside of the UFC, this guy's a dangerous type of fighter. So kind of a head-scratcher type of loss for Dalby, but not necessarily a horrible one, if that makes sense, especially with Ronson just getting popped, too, for Ped, So that's something else to consider. But that being said, this should be a very good fight, quality fight. I do lean with Rodriguez. I think he will probably be able to land the harder shots along the way. I don't think Dalby's going to be able to wrestle him and control him in this spot. It will be a very competitive spot, though, a very competitive fight overall. So I don't think you can bet this fight at minus 305. I think it's a dog or pass situation more than likely at this current price, or you just stay away from it, obviously. And that's, Probably my preference is just staying away from this fight. It should be an exciting one. I think it's going to be closer than the current odds indicate, but I am picking Rodriguez to win the fight.
0: Yeah. Um, Dalby, he can really be frustrating because he's kind of that jack-of-all-trades master-of-none fighter where he's pretty good at everything but not really great at anything. Um, and that's kind of in his MO. Uh, and it, it helps him against fighters that aren't really good at one specific thing. Um, but it can hurt him. And, um, you know, that last fight was not a good performance at all. I mean, a super short notice, re- late replacement that had never won in the UFC, uh, and Ronson clips him on the feet and then finishes him, um, uh, quickly even. Um, that was surprising. Um, and honestly, I mean, Daniel Rodriguez is so much more talented and has a better track record than Jesse Ronson. And he's actually a welterweight. Uh, Ronson's a lightweight. Um, so even with that loss being overturned and everything and being a no contest, I mean, that just still looks so bad for Dalby. Um, I think his chin is a question mark at this point. Uh Dalby's submission defense might be a question mark if uh, Rodriguez can put him in a bad spot. Uh Rodriguez is very dangerous. I mean, this guy is on an absolute roll right now. Um, He has beat some really good fighters along the way with a... You know, finishes against Tim Means and Dwight Grant. Um, I mean, this guy is ferocious and, uh, and while he did get clipped, uh, against Dwight Grant and he got hurt, um, I don't think Dalby really has that same type level of power. So I'm not really concerned about that. I think, uh, most likely happens here is, uh, Grant hurts Dalby at some point or Grant uh, puts Dalby in a bad spot on the ground at some point. So I think uh Rodriguez has a good chance of either winning a decision just by being the, the more aggressive fighter against Dalby. I think Rodriguez can finish Dalby with the uh, s- strikes. And I think Dalby perhaps could get finished uh, with a submission. So uh, I really like Rodriguez's chances here. So I'm going to go with Rodriguez. Now dropping down to the women's flyweight division, we have Antonina Shevchenko, who is eight and two, taking on Ariane Lipsky, who is thirteen and five. Now, Nick, where did this fight open,
1: and how has the public shifted things so far? Lipsky minus one ten, Shevchenko minus one ten. Exactly a pick'em type of fight. That was the opening price, but since that time, Shevchenko has been the more popular betting uh, person at the window. Actually, I mean, a lot of people giving her support, believing she is the better fighter in this spot. Not a lot of love for Lipsky. I mean, I think. Stylistically speaking, you have to lean a little bit more towards Shevchenko because I think she is a more savvy, put together, defensively sound fighter. In most cases, she did get exposed by Chukagian on the ground after we've seen her uh, kind of on the rise and get better. You could tell the work that she's doing with her uh, her sister, the champion Valentina, has definitely paid off because she is getting better. But there's still some weakness and flaws in her game as Chukagian kind of obviously brought out. So Lipsky can expose that. I think Lipsky is the better overall ground fighter in this spot, coming off a very impressive submission win for her. She also has some. Power, and some ability on the feet. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. This is going to be a very, very competitive type of fight. I think Lipsky can hang with Shevchenko on the feet. I think she has, again, the better probably wrestling and the ground game here in this spot. I just don't think it's going to be easy to get Shevchenko down. Maybe not as easy as Chukagian. Chukagian, more of a savvy vet. No, a lot of people weren't expecting her to do what she did and, and follow up with that game plan, of course. I think where Shevchenko has been, obviously, drilling since that fight, her takedown defense. So it's not going to be easy for Lipsky to get her down. And I think on the feet, Shevchenko probably does have the slight advantage as far as far outpointing. Lipsky so I will pick Shevchenko as far as a pure pick goes, but heading window at plus one forty or so, it's to me it's probably a dog or pass situation at this point because I'm expecting a kind of a coin flip type of fight. So again, another spot where I do think the opening line was better. Um minus one ten either way, a pick-em type of fight is a more accurate line where we currently are right now, in my opinion. So the pick is Shevchenko, but it's a dog or pass situation. And uh Lipsky,
0: for me, I mean she's really uh, started to, uh, figure things out. Now granted, um, her last two opponents aren't quite that same level, uh, that her first couple were, uh, because, you know, she debuted, they threw her right into the fire against Joanne Calderwood, one of the best, uh, well, women's flyweights on the planet. And she lost, uh, then she lost to Molly McCann, which was a little bit more surprising since McCann, uh, wasn't, you know, nearly as, uh, respected. But since then, uh gone 2 and 0 and then most recently taking on uh Carolina uh, a really really dangerous scary fighter that uh had impressed a lot of people and uh she finishes her in 84 or 86 88 seconds or something so uh really really impressive so i i feel like lipsky you know she's she's back uh she had a lot of hype entering the ufc as the violence queen and mm-hmm. Now she's, uh, regained a little bit of that momentum. Uh, Shevchenko, on the other hand, um, she's been very hit or miss. I mean, on the feet, she's always going to be respected and dangerous. I mean, she was a world class, uh, world champion, uh, Muay Thai striker on the feet, but. Uh, on the ground, that, that, that ground game, even with the improvements that she's made, I mean, she did pick up a, a rear naked choke victory against Lucy Pudalova, but the ground game has definitely been the bane of her existence. I mean, Roxanne Mataferi was able to take her down and beat her up and win a decision. And then most recently, uh, Chukagian took her down and just steamrolled her. I mean, that was a one-sided shellacking. Um, and that's the fight that she's coming off of here. Uh, so this is her next fight and Lipsky on the other hand has showcased, uh, some pretty good ground skills. I mean, that last performance, that knee bar against Carolina was scary. I mean, she made her opponent scream. So, um, I think Lipsky definitely is somebody that you need to be uh, paying attention to right now. Now, if this fight is forced to stay standing for three straight rounds, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Shevchenko, but, um, with it being an MMA fight. Uh Lipsky is not a, an embarrassment on the feet. I mean, she has some power. Uh, Shevchenko, you know, as dangerous as she can be, she doesn't have a ton of stopping power on the feet. Now, maybe if she knows her opponent's not going to look to take her down, then she can commit a little bit harder to her strikes and she'll be more dangerous. But... Um, with the threat of the ground game, I don't think Shevchenko can kind of go full bore on the feet. So I think Lipsky, you know, she has some pop on the feet as well. I think Shevchenko is going to have to respect her on the feet. And if this fight goes to the floor, you have to favor Lipsky. I mean, she just has a more dynamic ground game. Um, she doesn't have amazing wrestling, so I don't know if she'll be able to get this to the floor easily, but, uh, you know, judging by how, badly Shevchenko got dominated by Chukagian, who doesn't exactly have the best wrestling, uh, I think there's a really good chance Lipsky can do it. So I'm going to go Lipsky. I'm going to side with the underdog here. I think uh on the feet, yes, Shevchenko will get the edge, but there's a chance that Lipsky could submit her, and there's a chance that Lipsky can just control the ground game. So uh, I think that Lipsky does not get completely blown out on the feet and then she makes up for it with her ground game. So, I'm going to go with Lipsky. Now, moving on and moving up to the middleweight division, we have Joaquin Buckley who is 11 and 3 taking on Jordan Wright who is 11 and 0. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one?
1: Buckley minus 182, right, plus 151. That was the opening line. Now Buckley's minus 240 to come back on right, plus 205. Another spot where Buckley hype at an all-time high right now since he got that masterpiece performance, that knockout win over Impa. Man, that was just a beautiful spinning back kick. I mean, one of the best knockouts ever in the history of the sport. And again, the all-time hype coming in after that is going to be something to kind of keep your eye on and and be concerned about a little bit, especially if you're going to bet him. So... That said, I mean, it's not a huge, crazy line right now, minus 240. So I think you do have to respect Jordan Wright on the other side of things. And it's because of his offense, man. This guy has an unorthodox karate style striking game. I mean, he's very effective at times with his leg kicks. I mean, his kicking game in general is, is kind of awkward, but at the same time, technical and effective. So you got to watch out for that. He's got uh, power in his hands. He knows he can finish. He's got um, just these crazy, unorthodox kind of techniques, jumping knees you have to worry about. So Jordan Wright on the feet offensively is something to be concerned about. And if you're Buckley, you can't sleep on him for sure because he can put you to sleep. That said. I think Buckley is more durable. If you look at Wright's performance on Dana White's contender series, he got smoked in that fight. So that is kind of a head-scratcher. And, I mean, Buckley has a path to victory here, obviously. I think he's a little bit more durable and more defensively sound than Wright is. And I think he can probably hang in there, weather the early storm from Wright and, and maybe finish him off um, as the fight progresses as well. So this fight, I doubt, goes to the scorecards, obviously. I mean, there's too much firepower offensively. But the, the dangerous part is, for me here, I wouldn't exactly be that confident in Buckley just because he came out that outstanding performance I mean, Wright is dangerous enough that he could put Buckley to sleep as well. So at the betting window, you have to be cautious. I am going to pick Buckley, but this is kind of a tricky fight to bet. So be careful out there if you are betting this one.
0: Yeah, this one's interesting. I mean, both guys are really dangerous on the feet. Both have a lot of power um, and both have been knocked out. Now, granted, Wright is 11-0 with that no contest, but I mean, he got crushed in 40 seconds on contender series by Anthony Hernandez uh, failed drug test, turned it into a no contest. Buckley, on the other hand, um, he did get blasted uh, by Kevin Holland. So um, both these guys have been knocked out, you know, pretty ferociously. So there's a potential that the first guy that connects with something really solid is going to be the winner. Um, that being said, uh, I feel like it's going to be uh, Buckley that gets the the better end of this. Um, Wright had a nice debut there against Villanueva. Just steamrolled his opponent and forced the fight to be stopped by cuts in like 90 seconds. I mean, that's impressive. That being said, um joking Buckley, that knockout was unbelievable. Uh, and he did it against somebody that I think had a lot of hype behind, behind him. So... Uh, and I think Buckley's style is plays well against Wright. Um, Buckley is a very aggressive, pressure-based type of fighter um, with some unique attacks. And I don't think Wright handles being pressured very well. And I think as long as Buckley can kind of control the center of the octagon, I think he's going to put Wright on that back foot. And I think he's going to be really flustered. So... I'm gonna go, uh, with Buckley. I think the power is there. I think, uh, I think Wright's chin is a little bit worse. And I think that the, the opportunity is gonna be there for Buckley to connect with something nasty and take Wright out. Now, I could be wrong. Wright could be the one that lands that big shot first. But I think the more likely outcome is Buckley. So Buckley's gonna be my pick. Now this brings us to the main event of the preliminary card. We have a flyweight contest featuring Brandon Moreno who is 175 and 1 taking on Brandon Royval who is 12 and 4. Now Nick,
1: where did this fight open and how has the public shifted things so far? Moreno minus 213, Royval plus 176, that was the opening line. Right now we're seeing Moreno minus 195, Royval plus 170 at Circus Sports. So line margins have tightened up this line's kind of been dipping back and forth a little bit, dropped to about 180 or so, and now it's climbing back up towards minus 200. So strong two-way action coming in, strong support on both guys. This is a, an awesome fight. I'm so glad they matched it because we're about – after those two impressive performances coming into his UFC career to start things off. Amazing wins over Tim Elliott, over Cara France. I mean, pulled off two upset wins. Just fantastic work in finishing those high caliber fighters. Something special and somebody to keep an eye on for sure. And even before his UFC career, if you watch his fights, he's faced decent competition throughout his career and performed really well. So Raval belongs and he's more than capable of doing great things as we've seen so far in the flyweight division. Now on the other side of things, you have Moreno from the ultimate fighter to now. What improvements that we've seen in his game. This guy's a beast in all areas, man. I mean, working his way to the top of the division and to the top of the food chain like he has has been nothing but impressive. I mean, you can legitly see his technical skill on the feet, his boxing just getting cleaner, more effective. You can see his wrestling, his takedown defense, his grappling improving as well. The win over Formiga, Car of France, the, the close competitive draw they had over Askarov. Askarov obviously ascending towards the top of the division as well. This guy is at the top of his game, and I think he's just a little bit more technically sound and a little bit more defensively sound in this spot than Roy is, meaning Roy in his fight so far, we have seen him get clipped. We've seen him get hit. We've seen him get rocked. He recovers super fast, and he's a tough guy, always in your face and pushes a high, relentless pace. But I think that is going to open him up defensively for Moreno to land some pretty hard shots along the way. I think Moreno probably is a stronger fighter and more capable of getting the takedowns here and probably controlling the ground aspect of things a little bit more. It's not going to be easy, though. These guys, we're going to have some interesting scrambles, and Roy is so slick, and he never settles to be kind of controlled on the ground. He does all he can to avoid, you know, obviously being in that spot. So very intelligent fighter. This is gonna be fireworks. At first when I was going through this fight, I thought it was realistically a dog or pass situation. But then after going through the research, I really believe that it's probably a favorite or pass situation. Despite um Reval, you have to respect his overall game. I just think Moreno is just kind of a class above him right now. And again, I think he is kind of in line and kind of gearing towards a title shot. And this is going to be a big, impressive win for him if he gets it done over Rival. I think he can, and he's more than capable. So my pick personally is Moreno. I think he is just a a class above. I think Rival will hang in there and have his moments for sure in this fight. I just don't think it's going to be enough. I think Rival is going to need to finish Moreno. And if he doesn't finish him, he's not going to win this fight. And I think Moreno is capable of finishing Rival and winning on the scorecard. So I'm going to lean with Moreno in this spot.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing here is, as good as Roy Val has been and as impressive as some of his performances has been to to kind of vault him into the top 10 and even, you know, potentially in title contention in uh, the flyweight division, uh, I think this is by far the toughest test he's had. And I think he's going to be in a little bit of trouble here um, because Moreno is significantly better than him on the feet. I think Moreno has more power. I think he mixes it up better. And then... Roy Val is great on the ground, but Moreno is really slick on the canvas too. So I don't see a really clear path to victory here for Roy Val. Um, you know, Roy Val showcased some improved stand up and power in that last performance against, uh, Kai Kara France, but we've already seen Moreno beat, uh, Kai Kara France. And that was, I think, uh, Roy Val's one of his best performances. So, uh, you know, other than the, the win over Tim Elliott. So I think, uh, Moreno is just a little bit better than Roy Val in all facets. And I don't see Roy Val controlling Moreno on the ground. I think, uh, you know, I think it'll be competitive on the ground. I think that they'll have some good scrambles, as Nick said. But, uh, the more likely thing that happens here is Roy Val goes pedal to the metal early, tries to get takedowns and maybe a a submission finish. And if he can't get it, I think he just runs out of steam and Moreno takes over. Uh, Moreno has a, a pretty good gas tank. He can, and he can go hard for three straight rounds. And I think Roy Val is going to run out of steam at some point. And, uh, Moreno is just going to be, uh, the, the clearly better striker, the better technical striker, mixes it up better, throws a little bit more, uh, diverse attacks. And I think that that's going to be, uh, what sets the tone here. So I'm going to go with Moreno by decision. So, uh, Moreno is my pick. Now, kicking off the pay-per-view, we have a light heavyweight rematch featuring Mauricio Shogun Hua, who is 27-11-1, and, and Paul Craig, who is 13-4-1. Now, Nick, what's the MMA Oddsmaker's perspective on this one?
1: Craig minus 182, Hua plus 151. That was the opening line. Right now, what we're seeing over at Circus Sports is Craig minus 170, the comeback on Hua at plus 150. So craziness, in my opinion, in some ways. I mean, I understand Hua is definitely the aging, declining vet. I mean, it's hard to trust these guys that have been around the sport for as long as these guys have, despite them being better fighters at times. Some of these savvy vets like Shogun Hua in this spot here. I mean, this guy, there's no question. I mean, you cannot even remotely compare their careers. Shogun has accomplished so much more and he is by far the better fighter across the board than Paul Craig. Paul Craig has definitely some submission skill, his stand-up game is getting better, and his path to victory here is honestly stopping and finishing Shogun Hua because Shogun is, again, an aging 38-year-old that's been through so many wars throughout his career. Even though Craig doesn't have outstanding stand-up, he's got enough that he could possibly clip Rua and, and put him out of the feet. That said, he also has a dangerous submission game. Even though Shogun was able to kind of withstand the submission attempts in that first fight, um, Craig is always you know, somebody you have to kind of keep your eye on and respect on the ground because he's capable of finishing fights as we've seen in the past as well. But with all that being said, the first time around, despite Craig starting off really well in that fight, I thought Shogun clearly won that fight. He should have got the decision there. So in my opinion, Shogun is the better fighter. If he doesn't get caught, if Craig doesn't finish him, I think Shogun can finish him. And again, if it hits the scorecards, I think it's going to be Shogun controlling more of the fight than Craig and winning on the scorecards as well. So I think it's going to be one of those fights that you can kind of flip a coin who finishes each, who finishes who in this spot. And if it hits the scorecards, you've got to favor the dog. So at the dog price, it's a dog pass situation. So for me, I'm picking Shogun who is straight out, and I think there is a little bit of value there. But the concern would be be careful here. You can't have a lot of stock or faith in it and put a lot of money on this fight because you just simply can't trust that the de- like that much, but he is a better fighter and there is a little bit of value at the price. So my pick is Shogun Hua.
0: And I'm going to go Shogun as well. I mean, the big concern clearly is, you know, how much Shogun has left in the tank. Um, but, you know, Shogun is 5-1-1 one one in his last seven fights. Granted, you know, uh, he hasn't looked great. His chin is not what it used to be, um, but there's potential there uh, i mean he should be the better stand up fighter clearly i mean he's got a history you know he's one of the better stand up fighters ever at 205 he doesn't not not saying that he still has that same ability but i mean the potential is there and paul craig you know he's got some pop on the feet but he's clearly not as good of a striker as shogun that being said you know shogun's been caught by lesser strikers before and it could happen um on the ground Craig is a very, very dangerous submission artist, um, and, you know, he is the better ground fighter, but Shogun was able to get takedowns and survived in, you know, top control against him in the past, uh, even though Craig is capable of putting in, uh, you know, that nasty uh triangle choke or, you know, a guillotine, and Shogun has been submitted before by Chael Sonnen, so it could happen, so... I'm going to play devil's advocate that Paul Craig absolutely can win this fight. Uh, he could knock Shogun out. He could uh, submit him. He could potentially even just grind out a decision somehow uh, if Shogun, you know, is kind of tentative. But uh, I have to go with Shogun. Um, Shogun, um, if he can get takedowns and stay in top position without uh, putting himself in a bad submission, um, he could win that way he could knock Paul Craig out. I mean, people forget Paul Craig in his losses in the UFC. I mean, they are bad losses. Uh I mean, he's had four losses in the UFC and every one of them has been a first round finish. Uh Tyson Pedro blasted him with elbows from top position in a, in the first round. Khalil Roundtree knocked him out in the first round. Jimmy Crute uh finished him in the third round, so I was wrong about that. But then Alonzo Menafield knocked him out in the first round. So uh Every time he's lost, he's been finished. So, uh, there's definitely the potential here that Shogun could clip him and finish him. Uh, so, I'm gonna go Shogun. I thought Shogun won the first fight where Craig won the first round and then Shogun won the next two. I think it's kind of a disgrace that it was ruled a draw because I think the media, MMAdecisions.com, had 14 to 2, uh, sided with Shogun there. So, um, and I don't think Shogun has lost enough that Paul Craig should be able to get the better of him here. So, uh, yes, there is path to victory here for Craig, but I got to go Shogun. Now dropping down to the women's flyweight division. Again, we have Caitlin Chukagian, who is 14 and four taking on Cynthia Calvillo, who is nine, one and one. Now, Nick, where did this open and how has the public shift of things so far?
1: Calvillo, minus 156, Chukagian, plus 134. Those were the opening lines. And right now, over Circus Sports, we have Calvillo at minus 265, the comeback on Chukagian, and plus 225. So Chukagian coming off that loss to Andrade, not a good look. Unfortunately, you know, just... Calvillo's hype right now, all-time high with her win over Jessica guy and how she was able to, to ground Jessica guy a fighter that typically has decent takedown defense and should be the better striker. I mean, she overperformed and I think opened up a lot of eyes at 125 pounds for this weight class here. And she's in a spot where she could pick off Chukagan here. She's in the title mix, man, already. For and She's an interesting matchup. I mean, I know, again, Shevchenko, we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, Valentina, just a level above all these females, in my opinion. And We've said it time and time again in this weight class, especially. I mean, but that being said, if there's an interesting ground type of matchup, Calvillo definitely would be intriguing, I guess, in that aspect of things. So if she gets the win over chukagan I think the UFC has the right to kind of get her in the title mix. And it could be interesting for what we see come next for her. So very important fight I'm kind of leaning her way I don't agree with the current price being what it is right now I mean I think Chukagian said she did get that title shot she got beaten that title shot Coming off this loss, getting right back in there quickly, I'm just not sure where her mind is and where she's at at this stage in her career and how serious she is about getting another title shot or how motivated she is about getting those W's as, in comparison to Calvillo. So I think that matters. I'm going to pick Calvillo to win. I just don't think that you can bet this price right now because if Calvillo does not get the takedowns, Chukagian might win this fight. She could pick her apart. This line should be probably a little bit more competitive than what it currently is now. So not the confidence level I have as most of you guys bet Calvillo in this spot because I think Chukagian can present some problems. But... Hard not to pick a Leo from what we've seen as of late from both ladies. So my pick is Ch- Kagan to lose actually almost a Chukagian. but I'm going to pick Calvillo, excuse me, to win this fight.
0: And I agree with you. I mean, Calvillo's coming off of a rock solid performance against Jessica I, where she was able to utilize her ground game and just dominate I, uh, for the most part and win a very, com- uh, non really competitive decision. Over the course of five rounds, she answered a lot of questions about, you know, perhaps her cardio. Um, and, uh, she looked good moving up a weight class. You know, she's had a lot of issues making the, the 115 pound limit. And, uh, that was a really strong performance. So, um, Chukagian, on the other hand, um, she sandwiched in that really nice performance, you know, one of her best performances of her career against Antonina Shevchenko, but, she sandwiched that in between two convincing, humiliating losses, where she got absolutely obliterated in her t- title shot against Valentina Shevchenko. And then um, after that great performance against her sister, uh, Antonina, uh she goes and gets finished in the first round um, in her last fight against Jessica and Jaraj. So as Nick said, I'm just not sure where her head is right now. I feel like she's, you know, dropping deep out of title contention. And I think that this is a fight set up for Calvillo to get another quality win over a former title challenger uh to set her up for a potential title shot. So I think, uh you know, on the feet, Chukagian probably gets the edge. I mean, she's had uh success in the past on the feet um, and she should be the better striker, but I just don't see her keeping this fight upright for significant uh periods. I think Calvio gets us to the floor and while Chukagian does have a good ground game, I don't think it's as good as Calvio's. So I'm gonna go with Calvio. I think that she controls the ground and I think on the feet, even though Chukagian is the better technical striker, I think Calvio can pressure her, kind of like she did against Jessica I. I mean even in the stand-up, Jessica I really struggled a little bit to really control that the stand-up because, uh, Calvillo was putting some good pressure on her. So I'm going to go with Calvillo. I think the standup will be competitive and Calvillo gets, dominates the ground. So uh, my pick is Calvillo. Now moving up to the welterweight division, we have Mike Perry, who is 14 and six taking on Tim Means, who is 30, 12 and one. Now, Nick, what's the MMA oddsmaker's perspective on this one?
1: Perry open 150, the comeback on means at plus 130. And right now over at Circuit Sports, we're seeing Perry minus 148, the comeback on means at plus 128. So line basically staying where it opened up, solid opener. I think a very difficult fight to kind of pick and bet because we know who the better mixed martial artist is. It's Tim Means. I mean, he's the older fighter. He- here, though. I think he's definitely not in the prime of his career, although he's coming off a very impressive performance, for sure, and he has a left nef- uh, enough left excuse me, in the tank to probably get this win, so you got to respect him here. Again, his skill set overall, obviously, we know he's always been a nasty striker, just kind of one of those killer instinct finisher type of people on the feet. He's got power in his hands. He's got those leg kicks that, that could be effective, for sure. Um, he utilizes that clinch work well. He has nasty knees and good timing with him, as well. So And then on the ground, of course, is his path to victory, really, over Perry. If he cannot wrestle perry get him down obviously he's gonna look for submission and probably get position and finish perry on the ground so means is the more well-rounded and better mixed martial artist but perry has shown some improvement man i know they're like his personal life and there's a lot going on that none of us really know exactly what he's thinking and what his mindset is i mean his interviews kind of show some of it but again we can't really depend on a lot of that i think that's one of the most difficult parts of the um Perry dissection here in this spot is is really believing on how well he's training and preparing for these fights, but what we've seen in the Octagons thus far, but, I mean, Perry does have some talent, man. I mean, obviously on the feet, he's got that knockout power. He's not a sloppy fighter. He does like to get in brawls, and he's very effective when he does so. On the ground, he's got decent wrestling, so he's got decent takedown defense, and his ground awareness seems to be getting a little bit better. I mean, that goal performance, at, at times when he was on the ground, I was definitely kind of cringing, thinking oh, man, he's got to make a mistake, but he was able to survive some interesting moments there, so... I think that's a plus for him. So in this spot here, if he's able to keep this fight upright, I think he is the more durable fighter of the two, and he has that knockout power, so he could finish Tim Means. It's just difficult at the betting window, again, because... Means is capable of finishing this fight and he's a better mixed martial artist. So, you know, one of those spots that I think is probably a dog or pass situation, but I have to actually pick Perry because I think I trust his durability. And I think he could probably knock Means out along the way if he fights kind of smart and disciplined, which is always a, again, a question mark when you're considering Perry here in this spot. So my pick will be Perry, but I don't know if I could lay minus 150 basically on this spot right here over Tim Means. I don't think that's probably the smartest way to go.
0: And I'm going to go the other way. You know, Nick said, uh it that tim means is the better uh mixed martial artist the more well-rounded mixed martial artist and i think that that's going to come into play here um mike perry is uh a, an aggressive finisher he's got a lot of power but i think on the feet tim means actually might be more technical uh means has showcased some great striking in the past now he's been clipped and he's been finished um but uh i think that he has uh some really good uh performances still in the tank. Uh, you know what? He had a nice showing against Star Um, he had a great showing against Tiago Alves. Now and honestly, against Nico Price, he was looking amazing in that fight. He was clipping Nico Price. He was blasting him. And then he just got caught uh, you know, coming in a little too aggressively. That could happen here. Um, but I think uh that on the feet, this is gonna be a lot more competitive than people think. I think on the feet, this is gonna be uh a slobber knocker. I think both guys have the potential to knock each other out. Uh, I think Perry does have a little bit more pure punching power, but I think Min- means will be throwing with more volume. I think means has a little bit better technique and I think means is training better right now as well. I mean, clearly um, and on the ground, Perry does have some decent wrestling, but I think means is much better in terms of submissions. So uh, I think if this goes to the floor, I favor means, and on the feet, I think this is going to be anybody's game. So in terms of pure ability, I have to side with Tim Means here. I think that he's fighting at a high level. And you got to remember, Mike Perry, you know, he was that win over Mickey Gall. It, you know, Mickey Gall is somebody he should be beating, um, especially if he can avoid uh, getting submitted, which he did. So uh b- before the Mickey Gall um Victory, you know, he got knocked out by Jeff Neal and then he, uh, lost a decision to, to Vicente Luque. So, you know, it's not like he's having great performances. Um, I mean, he's coming off of one win. So I think, uh, you know, Tim Means has fought better against better competition. And I think that, uh, Tim Means is going to get the win here. I think Tim Means could get a submission. I think Tim Means could win a decision. I think Tim Means could win by knockout. And I think Mike Perry can only win by knockout. So I'm going to go with Tim Means. Now, this brings us to the co-main event of the evening in the women's flyweight division. We have a championship bout featuring champion Valentina Shevchenko, who is 19 and three, taking on challenger Jennifer Maya, who is 18, six and one. Now, Nick, where did this fight open and how has the public shifted things
1: so far? Shevchenko opened minus 750, the comeback on Maya plus 550. And right now what we're seeing over Circus Sports is Shevchenko minus 1700, the comeback 1050 on Maya. So needless to say, price skyrocketed market wide. We opened it at like 1200-ish uh, at actually Circus Sports. So we didn't open it at minus 750. We dodged a bullet there a little bit. I mean, obviously, Shevchenko... Pound for pound, the best female fighter on the planet, in my opinion. No disrespect to Nunez. I mean, Nunez has two wins over Shevchenko, but I still believe that Shevchenko is the better and more skilled mixed martial artist overall and I think the size was a big big factor there not taking anything again away from Nunez she deserves to be in the conversation for sure but I just think Shevchenko is the best female fighter on the planet and I don't see an area where Maya is better than Shevchenko but I do respect Maya I think she's a tough tough physical lady that comes to fight every time you know what you're getting her game continues to improve because she's putting in all sorts of hard work and I think she can be competitive at times in this fight with Shevchenko and she can hang in there and do really well um, but that being said again I don't think she's a better striker. I don't think she's a better wrestler. I don't think she's better on the ground. So I don't see how she's going to win this fight unless she gets kind of a fluke submission or a fluke stoppage on the feet or something like that. So unfortunately for my I can't pick her. I don't think there's a bet to be made here in this spot in general. If anything, maybe look for the over two and a half rounds. Um, because I think maybe Maya could hang in there long enough to survive and, and take this into the deeper waters possibly. But again, I'm not ultra confident in that right now either, because it's kind of one of those scenarios where um, Shevchenko has been improving at such a high rate, especially on the ground, that I wouldn't be surprised if Shevchenko, Shevchenko gets this fight to the ground and starts working offensively submissions and or getting position and maybe finishing Maya um, in that sort of way as well. So that's even a little tricky. But um that's a difficult fight to bet. If you're going to bet anything, maybe, it, again, it's a total rounds or something like that. But my pick is going to be Shevchenko. There's not really much more to be said on this fight.
0: Yeah, as Nick said, there's really not that much to be said. I mean, Shevchenko is, in my opinion, one of the best fi- fighters on the planet um, in terms of uh, female fighters. And Maya, as good as she is, uh, I mean, the level in the women's flyweight division is just like – Basically, there's the top of the mountain where there's Shevchenko, and then there's all the way down to the base of the mountain, and that's number two right now. I mean, it is not even close how much better she is than every other woman at 125 pounds. Um, I mean, she just has not had any real competition whatsoever. There's a reason this line is completely out of control. And what's crazy is this is the number one versus the number two in the world at 125, and it's that bad. So I mean, there's just nobody right now that can challenge Valentina. I, I don't think that she's gonna lose until she retires or she fights until she's in her 40s. So, uh, you know, there's just nobody right now that can challenge Valentina. She is so much better than Maya on the feet and on the ground. Uh, Maya perhaps could try to clinch her for five straight rounds, but I think even there, Shevchenko has, you know, some clinch takedowns. You, you watched her do that against, uh, Juliana Pena at 135. Uh, just ragdolled her from in the clinch. So I think even there, you know, Shevchenko probably is better. So there's just nowhere that I see Maya having an edge. I don't see her submitting, uh, Shevchenko. I just think this is going to get ugly. Um, maybe Maya can survive five rounds, but even then I think she would lose a very one-sided decision. So I got to go Valentina Shevchenko. I think she wins in very convincing fashion. Now this brings us to the main event of the evening in the men's 125 pound division. We have the champion Davison Figueiredo, who is 19 and one taking on challenger Alex Perez, who is 24 and five. Now, Nick, What's the MMA Oddsmakers perspective on this one?
1: Figueredo minus 210, Perez plus 180. That was the opening line. Right now, currently at Circus Sports, we are seeing a Figueredo minus 270, the comeback of Perez at plus 230. So needless to say, everybody respecting Figueroa in this spot. Hard not to, man. This guy's been a beast. His two performances over Benavidez, how he just destroyed him in his last fight, no respect at all um, when facing a legend like Benavidez. I mean, this guy right now in Figueredo he's ascending at an all-time level, Like, meaning his confidence is at an all-time high, and he, rightfully so. I mean, His mental game's where it should be. He's kind of cocky in some ways, but deservingly I mean he's been destroying his competition and again especially coming up to brutal wins and finishes over Benavidez I mean how could you not be that confident his ground game continues to get better his takedown defense continues to get better and the best part of his game is obviously on the feet this guy's a technical brawler type of fighter that just has that killer instinct and now I mean like I said it's kind of scary for the rest of the division because he knows what he could do and he's had enough octagon time that this guy's just continue to just be on another level over most of these fighters but that being said Perez has been impressive overall in his UFC career. I mean, this guy is definitely a force and he has some problems here for Figueredo as far as stylistic math. I think Perez is the better wrestler, one of the best wrestlers Figueroa has faced in his career. So I think there's a path to victory there for Perez. If he can kind of weather an early storm and start getting takedowns in this fight, I think he does have the better ground game. He just has to be careful to not get submitted by Figueroa with that nasty guillotine choke that he does have. And Perez, if I had any concern with him in his ground game, it's that defensively he has been caught throughout his career a few times, so he cannot sleep on Figueroa's guillotine choke. He has to be very careful in that area. So I think that is a path to victory, though, for Perez. Obviously, his leg kicks can be very effective, as he showed in the Formiga fight, but he doesn't want to stand and bang with Figueredo all that long unless he's tearing up those legs early on and kind of, like I said, weather that early storm and then try to change the complexion of this fight. So Perez could very well be a live dog in this spot and I don't think you can bet Figueroa I think it's just too dangerous. I mean, despite me saying he's at an all-time high as far as his ability right now and his confidence level, everything like that, he still has some flaws in his game. If I'm not mistaken, he's been taken down like thirteen times in his UFC career, somewhere around that number. So again, the path to victory for Perez is kind of there for him. So I'm not saying he's going to get it done. I'm going to actually pick Figueredo to win this fight, obviously. But at the betting window, it is probably a dog or pass situation. It's just one of those things that you have to be concerned. Figueredo might go out there and just destroy Perez in the first round. I mean, for me, again, another hesitation with Perez is that loss that he had to Benavidez. Benavides went out there and just destroyed him in the first round as well. So not a good look for me. I mean, that kind of does give me a little bit of pause, but outside of that, you take that away. Perez has shown us that he's more than capable to compete at the highest level in the UFC and he's earned this title shot. So so he could be live here. I mean, it's like I said, it's kind of up to you guys to determine. I would would probably go back and watch footage from both of these guys and kind of decide from there. So it's really up to you guys, which way you're going to go with this fight. Again, I could kind of see Either way, I understand why people would favor Figueredo in this spot and think that he is worthy of a bet, but I could also see the other argument on the other side of it with Perez having a little bit of value as well. So for me, I'm going to pick Figueredo, but I would not lay the chalk in this spot.
0: What's really interesting for me is, you know, MMA math, you really can't solve this fight with MMA math because yes, uh, Alex Perez lost to Joseph Benavidez, who Davison Figueredo Defeated twice in a row to claim the the title, but you know, Davison Figueroa lost a decision to Formiga, getting taken down repeatedly, and Alex Perez just finished him by leg kicks in the first round this past June. So you know they kind of both have one up on each other with uh, their only UFC losses, having uh, finished the guys that beat the other guy. So. Uh, that's really, really interesting. That being said, uh, Alex Perez's loss, I feel, is worse because Benavidez didn't just beat him like, uh, Formiga won a decision. Uh, Benavidez finished him and he finished him convincingly. I mean, Perez, you know, he kind of got finished multiple times in that fight before, uh, Benavidez, you know, the ref finally stopped it. So, uh, I feel like Perez is a little chinnier. Um, and Figueredo, if he clips him, you know, it's, over. Um, that being said, uh Perez has showcased some really interesting skills that could help him win this fight. I mean, Figueredo can be taken down. Uh, we've seen that quite a bit. So if Perez can get that ground game going, this gets interesting in a hurry. If uh, Perez can utilize those leg kicks that he used to defeat Formiga, uh, he could really do a number on Figueredo's legs and slow him down. Uh, Perez also does have a lot of power. We haven't really seen Figueredo in a lot of trouble on the feet yet, but, you know, maybe he just hasn't fought the right guy. So, you know, this is still a really interesting fight, but, um, you know, while there are paths to victory here for Perez with his ground game, with his power, with his leg kicks, um, I still have to go with Figueredo. It seems like this guy is just getting better and better every time we see him. Um, you know, his, his ground game is getting better in terms of defending, uh, on the ground. I think it, the, the times he gave up takedowns were a little bit earlier in his UFC run. And now we're seeing him, uh, finish, uh, his opponent with a rear naked choke, like Tim Elliott, a good, a good wrestler. Uh, we saw him, you know, hurt Joseph Benavides repeatedly and then finish him with a rear naked choke. Um, we're seeing him, uh, stuff some more takedowns. We're seeing him take on uh, a good fighter with a good ground game in Pantoja and win a decision. So, you know, he is taking on some really good fighters and defeating them convincingly. So um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Figueiredo here. I think that he does stay upright for the most part. He avoids the, the really big shots and I think that he lands the big ones of his own. I don't think Perez has the durability to withstand those shots. So I'm going to go with Figueredo, and I think uh, he does knock out Perez at some point. So Figueredo is going to be my pick. So that'll do it for our full event breakdown for UFC 255. Now, if we have any free bets to give out, make sure to check out MMA OB Premium on Twitter because that's where we'll post them first. We also have a free bet section on MMAOddsBreaker.com uh, with all free bets available from any of our handicappers. So remember to check out MMA Oddsbreaker Premium. Good luck everyone, and hopefully the betting guides are on your side this weekend.